Welcome to the podcast. We do recover with Jared Miller, your host. And I'm Dr. Terry Sellers, your co-host. This is a podcast about recovery from addiction. We want to talk about what successful recovery can look like. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center, Rise Up Subs, and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. All right, welcome everybody to We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Uh, I'm the co-host, Dr. Terry Sellers, and we have some fantastic guests today. Uh, we will get to our sponsorship mentions in just a second, but first we have Tiffany Nacarito. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did that on purpose. We have t- Tiffany Nacarito here, and we have Kayla Jensen. They're both from USARA. And we will be talking about language matters, but before we do that, we have some sponsors that really help our podcast. So, speaking of language matters, the reason why you cracked that joke is because either you or I messed up t- Tiffany's name last time she was yeah. on. She is she's coming back on, yeah, and it she's probably tried, was she, me. She's it, giving pro- us a I'm, chance to yeah. redeem ourselves. It, it might have. Been. No, no, no. Let's there's go. A, let's go with this. There's a ninety-eight percent chance. We're a team, baby. There you go. We it was both of you. That's right. <laughs> we messed it up, Tiffany Nacarado, who I've known for. A while, so I should very know long time, Doctor uh, Sellers. Kayla, <laughs> name now. Welcome Kayla to the Jensen. podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's yeah. lovely to have you both here. Yeah, uh, Kayla, where do you live? I live in Sandy. Okay, they're both Salt Lake I don't, girls. Yeah, I know. I know you live in Salt Lake somewhere. Where mm-hmm. do you live, Tiffany? Bluffdale. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got to get to the sponsorship mentions before we move on. So, Jared, will you? For people that aren't familiar with Utah. Those are two towns in the Salt Lake City, Utah area. Right? Yes, correct. Basically, all part of the Salt Lake City. I think sometimes yeah. Doc forgets that we have downloads from people out of state, so we gotta oh keep that in mind. Uh, you don't know how many times sense. you don't know how many times last episode I thought <laughs> uh, for our patients who d- or for our listeners that don't know what Matt is. Oh yeah, and I kept saying Matt. Matt. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's jump to it. Episode one twenty nine is brought to us by Steps Recovery Centers. Steps Recovery Centers is in the an adult substance abuse and mental health treatment provider. Steps Recovery Centers provides all levels of care. They have a medical detox facility, multiple residential treatment centers, and outpatient treatment services reaching from the top of Utah to the bottom. Recovery starts with you, and at Steps Recovery and at Steps Recovery Centers, there's always hope. Call them today at 801-800-8142 or visit their website at stepsrc.com to learn more. Hey, we have another sponsor. You want to hit us with uh, Rise Up Subs? Episode 129 is also brought me, to us by... I thought I'd interrupt the middle <laughs> You're good. I needed to come up for some air. I slaughtered steps, so I apologize for them. Rise Up Supplements is a nootropic line aimed at optimizing brain function and supporting mental health. They have two powerful blends. Mindful Mood helps decrease anxiety and enhance mood, while Mind Shift helps increase focus and optimize brain function. Place your order at riseupsups.com. That's R-A-S-E-U-P-S-U-P-S dot C-O-M. At checkout, punch in podcast 20 to save yourself 20% off just because we appreciate you listening to this podcast. All right. Let's get back to it, Doc. Yep. Thanks. We love our sponsors and they're good this to is, us and they allow us to do this. This is going to be a different... So we do kind of, I would say, an 80-20 blend where okay. 80% of the time we have a guest come on, we interview them, we want to spread a message of hope, Right. Let them share their experience, strength, and hope. 20% of the time, we have what we're doing today. Mm-hmm. A good old discussion. Language matters. Yeah. That's what we're talking about today. I'm excited for it. Before that, I, though, we always got to, you know, Well, I thought you were going to say that 80% of the time we're goofy and the other 20% of the time we're goofier. That's like 90 <laughs> I love I was like, I love the ratio. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> can we dance? Uh, <laughs> yes, you can. You totally can dance. <laughs> yes, you can. Uh, you saw but, Doc do it earlier. But as it's a podcast, no one will see you dancing, so it's kind of a Let's waste watch of it on dancing Facebook. abilities. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's uh, briefly, Kayla's never been on this podcast, Tiffany has, but introduce yourselves briefly and kind of what you do in life. Yeah. <laughs> we'll start with Tiffany. Okay. So I'm Tiffany Nacarado and I'm a person in long-term recovery. Beautiful. And what that means to me is that I get to speak on topics that matter um, in my life and then the people that I serve. And also um, I get to show up as a mother. I just went on, um, took my kids on a vacation as a single mom the first time ever and my little or no they're not little their teenage boys got to touch the ocean for the very first time because oh, I'm go? in recovery today um, we went to San Diego sweet yeah Rad. yeah it's been to San Diego in the last month or so that's why he's so that tan true? 
love San Diego. <laughs> yeah, My heart is beautiful. still in San Diego. We were there the same time. Were and we? I was commenting on your Facebook. Uh, your oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> love San Diego, man. Oh, it was fun. Yeah, yeah, you know. and How just, cool is it that you're able to do that, too, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure in your active addiction days, that was like you'd probably never believed that something yeah. like that could happen. Where'd you go on vacation when you were when you were using my closet? Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> yeah, the streets, right? The car. Mm-hmm. Right. Or a different town right. in yep. Salt Lake. Right. <laughs> So, yeah, it's exciting that um, just all my hard work, I've been in recovery a little over six years, six and a half years, actually. And um, just by saving and having um, support such as family and great friends and um, loving myself, I've been able to show up for people that I love. So great. It's great to have you here. Thank you. Really. Kayla. Hi. Yeah. Tell us about Kayla. Yeah, for sure. So my name is Kayla Jensen. I am a woman in long-term recovery. And what that means for me today is I get to, this is actually something I found out today. I get to volunteer at my daughter's school. She starts kindergarten next week. And I had this huge fear that because of my background, because of these things that I've done in my past, that I wouldn't be allowed to do that. And so I almost didn't apply, but I did and I got cleared. And so I'm super excited to be able to go in and volunteer in her school, take her on field trips and just show up as a parent. That's something I've always wanted to do. And so, you know, recovery has allowed me to do that. I'm able to, you know, take chances on situations where I probably wouldn't have in the past. Right. I would have been too scared because, you know, I probably would have still been using or, you know, out acting out on different behaviors. And so now with almost five years of recovery, I get to show up for my daughter and that's been life changing for me today. So I'm super excited about that. I'm also, I have two children. I have a daughter who who is starting kindergarten, and then I have an 18-month-old. Uh, his name is Axel, and they're just the joys of my life. I'm married. I got married in recovery. I met my husband, actually, while we were both using, and we both had a common goal, you know, that we wanted to be together and that we wanted to be able to raise a family successfully. And so, you know, now here we are. So that's pretty amazing. Well, did you? can you feel the energy from that side of the room over yes. there? Like, we're in trouble yeah. now. I know. we got to step up our game. Serious hey. trouble. I also okay. want to point Goofy out. Question. Real quick, I want to point yeah. out um, Tiffany and Kayla both work for USARA. Mm-hmm. Yes. USARA is an acronym for people that aren't in the state of Utah that stands for Utah Support. Uh, say it with me Utah, Utah Support, Support Advocates, Advocates for Recovery Awareness, Awareness. which is a nonprofit. <laughs> yes, we what are. What are some of the things that USARA does? So, we're a nonprofit um, a recovery community center that offers non clinical support, such as recovery support services. We do long term coaching. We have a set of coaches that go into the emergency rooms. We also have um, a commu- community reinforcement and family training program. We um, have mutual pathways. We believe that everyone recovers differently. So so we offer a variety of different pathways and also um, many events throughout the year, such Recovery Day, the Recovery Month's coming up in September, so everyone should be celebrating. USARA is so amazing. huge, right? USARA is so huge. And they don't have those weird clinical people. You know what I mean? Like those weirdos. That, yeah. Like nobody know, in this room, whoa, right? Like nobody yeah. in this room, yeah. <laughs> well, I remember. You're about us, Doc. Well, I'm, not, I'm not taking part of clinical. <laughs> oh, yeah, medical. I'm separate okay. from clinical. Oh. Uh, I wish I was cool enough to be clinical. Do you want to follow uh, their lead? Because they've kind of been doing like the language matters theme. Did you notice uh, how I'm they gonna, introduce uh, themselves? For sure. For sure. I'm going to I'm gonna do my best to play devil's advocate on that thing. But um, I remember, so when I first got clean and sober, I went to a treatment facility, outpatient treatment in Sandy called A&D Psychotherapy. I have been there. Well, the person that got me clean and sober was a lady named Mary Jo McMillan. Oh, my gosh. She was a therapist at at A&D Psychotherapy. And honestly, I credit A&D Psychotherapy, but Mary Jo and Mike and Tammy um, with me being clean and sober today. I think I think I get it. Like, I, I, yeah, of course I did the work. But, I mean, I had some really good teachers, some people that really helped me along. So very grateful. I remember when Mary Jo left A&D to form USARA, and I thought, nah, you're nuts. <laughs> And now it's this humongous, cool organization. It's so it cool. Is. She's such a great lady, mentor. I know that she just cheers everybody on, yeah. um, including you, Dr. That's Sellers what she does really well. She is. Mm-hmm. So well. Yep. Yeah. And actually, I would say that everyone at USERA, we're all cheerleaders. That's like one of the things that we have all in common um, that we just can 
we not only cheer people that we are serving, but also our allies and then each other in within the organization. We wow. really, really support each other at USERA. It's There's a wonderful great, organization. The people at USERA are all great. Mm-hmm. Like, I, would, I know a number of them. I don't know them all, but man, everybody I know is all so awesome. Really great. I love it. Yeah, I'm super grateful for the work that they do in the community because... We need to get Evan down here, by the way. Yeah. Definitely. Tell Evan I want him down here. Okay. <laughs> He's fabulous. Yes, he is. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say I'm, I, I pretty much ended it, so you're fine. I, I'm super grateful for the, the work that they do in the community. Yeah. Okay. We have a topic today that you folks want to talk about. Yes. Which is going to be, um, let me lead in with this. I love calling myself a drug addict. Yeah, and that's I good, do. right? That's fine. For- I do it mostly to make my mother angry. You do. Who has passed on. <laughs> but my mom's still, um, my mom is still part of the shame group, right? I'm not ashamed of my recovery at all. And so I call myself an addict. I'm not always as careful with my language as I could be. And I'm hoping today that maybe I learned something. Can I ask frankly. you a question? Sure. How many public events where people are not in recovery have you spoken at? Uh, well, the answer is some, Kay. actually. But not recently. Okay. Recently, mostly people in recovery. Got you. Yeah, yeah, and it's and we're not here to like change anybody or or tell anybody what's right or wrong. We're just um, no. But you're gonna tell us the reasoning behind what you're about to tell us. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Different perspective. Because it does it does matter. Yeah. And, right. And that's to kind me, of- if you call me a drug addict, I, I don't care. But some people, it might actually means something different than what I take it as, right? I take that as uh, I have tried my best to make my life about being, uh, of helping the stigma. And therefore, one way to do it is to be careful in your language. But another way is to be proud of the fact that you're a drug addict, which is what I do. It's not not great for everyone, though. Like, that works for me. But Mm -hmm. it's probably not best for me to call other people that yes right it's okay if i call myself that because it doesn't matter what i call myself i actually look at it as i have been clean for 21 years Mm -hmm. that's quite an accomplishment Mm -hmm. for somebody yeah yes so i'm not ashamed yeah Yeah, thanks no i didn't mean that for that but i'm not ashamed of that right because i've but i was when i first started trying to get clean and sober i was ashamed of the fact that people wanted to call me a drug addict so USARA, yeah. USARA is financially backed by an organization called Names and Faces, right? Or did um, I get faces it and Voices. Yes, faces and Voices. So I remember when Faces and Voices first got started, and they are the ones that really kicked off this language matters. Mm-hmm. And I went to, oh man, Pennsylvania, and yeah. it was funded by the same organization, uh, Names and Voices. Faces. Faces. Names and faces. No. Faces and voices. Holy cow. Those people. You're the one that messed up my name when I was there. Okay, it was me. Oh my gosh. Those, <laughs> that organization paid for speakers to go out to these areas like I've gone to like Ohio, I've gone to Pennsylvania, um, different places and speak in to the community. And when and so I understand we're going to dive into the reason why you guys introduced yourselves the way that you do is sometimes if you get up in front of a community of people that have no idea what this thing looks like, how it works, right? And you say, I'm an addict. They think you just shot up in the bathroom yeah, before you stood on stage, uh-huh. yeah. right? Versus how they teach us to introduce ourselves like you guys did. Mm-hmm. My name's Jared and I'm a person in long-term recovery. What that means to me is I haven't had to abuse an opiate to cope with life in over seven years. That's how the style was back then. Yeah. Sounds like you guys have kind of included some personal stuff in yours. Yeah. And it can change wherever, um, what arena we're in, you know, like when I went to my kids at school a couple of years ago, so I can start going in there again. I used that and said, you know, what that means to me is that I want to be more involved with my kids now. I'm back in the picture, you know, so we change it at least. Yeah. We have like our basic and then we just change it whatever arena we're in. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. it changes ultimately daily because each day I have another reason to be grateful for my recovery, another way I'm able to show up, new experiences that happen. And so it's really just a way for me to kind of identify in that manner. And then also for me, you know, not focusing just necessarily on the length of recovery or sobriety, but like, what am I doing now that is continuing my road of recovery? So they've changed it since I was taught it. 
do we ever think that it'll just stay the same? Personal preference. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. Now I've kind of alluded into why it's important, right? Because if you're speaking to people that don't really understand it, like we went in front of the St. George, Utah city council and we introduced ourselves in this format, right? So that, because again, they don't work in this field. They don't understand the norms. They don't understand the language and language matters. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you go to an NA meeting or an AA meeting or an SA meeting or a CODA meeting or any of the D all the above meetings, would you think it's appropriate to use the same language? I think it changes on the arena. I think there's effective ways to approach the situation depending on where you're at, different settings, and it may be completely appropriate. And, it, you know, Dr. Sellers, like you mentioned, you still refer to yourself as a drug addict. Like, there's no reason to change that, right? Because that's something you're comfortable with. Sure. And, you know, depending on where you're at, what you're doing, it may be more appropriate to address it as a person in long-term recovery or anything like that to give it a different perspective because people know what they know and we need to educate, you know, and just spread the knowledge. What do you think the difference is between calling someone a drug addict and a person in long-term recovery? I'll say for me, when I hear my family say, oh, she's an ex-drug addict, it's like I'm stuck in my old life and I'm still being held and Mm -hmm. ashamed of what I did. And when I hear, oh, I just, my heart warms when I hear my family say, switch that language to, um, she's a person in recovery. It's like, okay, now I'm doing good and I'm moving forward, you know, with my life. Sure. And I've had family members use both and I've heard both them talking about me and they think right. that they're talking really proud of me. Oh, she's, a, she's a drug addict or, right. you know, an ex drug addict right. and th- thinking then that that's something proud to be of. But I'm like, no, I, you know, like then sure. people are asking what happened to you. And I, then now I'm stuck in the story that I need to explain, you know, about my old it, life. And I want to talk about the, my life today. Yeah. Kayla, what do you think? Well, I think similarly, because if I have someone that says, you know, an addict, the first thing they may think of is, you know, someone underneath, the guy you know, lives under yeah, the bridge. doing all these different things. And then to move past my past, I don't want to be labeled as that anymore. Uh, I have been to prison. And so that kind of leads into this, you know, that people are like shocked that I've been to prison. And then sure. it's like, all right, look well, at, look at sweet. Kayla. Yeah. She's and, you know, and <laughs> yeah. And then I have all these felonies and stuff and they're like, oh, my gosh. And it's like, how can I move past that? if it's still something that I'm going to like formally like hold over my own head. And so when I think about being, you know, an uh, active use or being in a quote unquote addict, it's like, that was a dark place for me and sure. I'm not there anymore. And so, you know, let's put sure. a positive spin on it. I, let's be, you know, how can we look more, you know, how can it seem more bright at the end of the day? And, you know, being in recovery, like you mentioned, you know, like moving forward, we're progressing, we're doing different things. And that's what's important now. And I may go into my past at some at some sure. point, you know, but that's not necessarily relevant right now. That's kind of what struck me is, um, and I'm sure you guys have said this multiple times, but if you call yourself a drug addict, you're focusing on stuff you used to do. Mm-hmm. You don't do those things anymore. Mm-hmm. You're probably not going to get a felony today. Well, let's hope not. Let's hope not. It's been over six years since I've been convicted. Right. So, right. That's when awesome. you talk yeah. about a person in long term recovery, you're actually talking about what you're doing now. Yes. Which is a very positive thing. For those that have never been uh, struggled with substance abuse at all, it's quite an accomplishment to be clean. It really is. Yeah. And even though it's part of your daily lives now, it's still quite an accomplishment to be and stay clean. And if you emphasize that accomplishment, it's something you can be proud of. It's whereas, empowering. Whereas when you sure. want to when you want to talk about my felonies and my, you know, and how I ignored my family or whatever it is, like that's not empowering, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I really do it just to make my mom mad and she's gone. So it's okay. <laughs> but, we all um, have those things. Yeah. Well, yeah. My mom, she crawls under a table whenever I say that about myself. But, um, but it, yeah. It makes you feel good to say it and say it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, but, I, but I understand that it matters to a lot of people. I wouldn't necessarily say that about myself to my mother in a crowd, for yeah. example. Mm-hmm. Right. Or call um, us that, right? Because, you know, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It just depends on the arena, you know, and who yeah. you're speaking mm-hmm. to, like you were well, saying. Well, I think this That's, is much yep. more important than maybe what I give it, right? I haven't spent a ton of time thinking about this very much. Oh. Like, I, it's probably much more important. So, 
I appreciate you being here. Well, thanks. Yeah. yeah. It this looks like awesome. they came prepared with some stuff to educate well, us yeah. and the listeners. Yeah. On. We need a whole table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the great thing is <laughs> you guys have out. kind of already hit some of the things that we were going to touch on. You know, like you mentioned, you know, the addict and the first thing people think about is, you know, maybe, you know, actively using, you just, you know, using the bathroom or whatever. Yeah. Is he going to steal my stuff? Yeah. And then, you know, <laughs> that's kind of like. medicine cabinet? Yeah. It's kind of like saying, don't think about an elephant. Well, the first thing you're going to yeah. do is think about an elephant, you know? And so some of these things you guys have already touched on and so this is yeah it's awesome yeah so interesting because i'll give you a golf analogy don't hit it into the water and the last thing your brain hears is water yeah right instead of hit it into the fairway which is a positive thing i hear don't hit it into the water and then i hit it into the water and kayla real quick i just want to tell you i used to prepare like you guys and then dr sellers he he does this right you can prepare podcast and then he, he just rips into it. Right. So right. we'll take well, it. Well, it has helped me feel much more comfortable. Good. So there's that. I'm, yeah, this is great. I used to hate it, but now it's it's a little bit more free flow. It's, it's a little bit more organic. Yeah. 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 We yeah. do have a, a motto. We're basically just two goofballs talking about recovery. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of what this podcast is. So hit us with some stuff. Okay, you can well, take us in a direction you want to go rather than let me run this thing off the rails. I'm going to start with this quote because I thought okay. it was kind of important and you kind of mentioned mentioned things. So it says, words are important. If you want to care for something, you call it a flower. If you want to kill something, you call it a weed. And that's by Don Coyus. And so just even that is like really impactful, right? Wow. So it's just wanted cool to quote. jump in yeah. with that. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I regularly have a conversation with our like marketers and intake people. And I tell them language is powerful. Mm. If you tell a client 30 days, guess what conversation I'm having on day 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29. My 30 days is coming up. Yep. I was told I'm, 30 days. I'm going yep. home in six oh, yeah. days. Even though they haven't talked for the first two weeks they've been there, mm-hmm. all of a sudden they think they're cured at 30 days. Yep. Language is powerful. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. I would agree. I did like the whole like flower. You can almost, there's like feelings with it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's been like, I've seen like TikToks and all that stuff and on Facebook and, you know, talking to your flowers or your your plants and how it's supposed to be helpful. Yeah. You know, all these different things. So, I mean, it's just a really cool way to look at it and also very impactful. Don't call your plant a weed. No, it'll die. It'll hurt its yeah. feelings. Tell them how beautiful it is, and you're grateful that they're in your life. I'm actually you not. Know? Ma- I'm not being goofy. I mean, I am being goofy because that's what I do. But yeah, I agree. If you want your flower to thrive, don't call it a weed. For sure. Mm-hmm. I feel like my neighbors know my past because a couple of them have come up and talked to me about this podcast. And I feel like if I was walking around talking to my plants. They might call the cops off. Oh, well, you. <laughs> you they probably talk-, talk to their plants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's more plant people now than ever. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Their plants okay. are thriving, and yours are, like, drooping over. <laughs> because hey, you're you might have stigma. a plant there. Yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> no, I know you're careful with your language. You're way more careful with your language than I am. Okay. Okay, well, the first thing. Nice so- quote. We'll I'm going to keep it. I'm going to use it. We'll give you a awesome. copy. Yeah. Thanks. We have two. I think I memorized it. If you want to care for something, call it a flower. If you want to kill something, call it a weed. Yeah, That's maybe a little paraphrasing, but it's pretty close. Yeah. Yep. Sounds good. You haven't okay. heard that before? I have not. Have you? I've no. never heard it before. Oh, cool. Awesome. Okay. So first off, um, so people are people, right? So we are a person before anything else, before our diagnosis, before um, any label, including um, a mother, a friend or anything like that. We're human. Yeah. Everybody's human, right? Sure. Um, so our first little thing is I'm talking about um, the current terminology of clients, patients, and consumers. What do you guys think mm, of that? So interesting because we're different on that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yes. We only have about a minute left in this segment. I so. feel like I'm on an episode of Joe Rogan so I, because we're debating. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like the docs. So know. I interact I love with, it though. I interact with people all the time that are at our treatment center for treatment. I call them patients because I'm a physician. Yes. And I've mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. called the people that I'm treating patients. The clinicians don't always do that. We don't clash about it, but I tend to call people patients when I'm treating them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I usually refer to them as clients. As yeah. clients? Yeah. So another, do we have time to keep going? We got, okay. we got, <laughs> we got about 20 seconds What, what is it we're going to jump into? Let's just give okay. a little hook and then we'll go to the commercial. We're yeah. just going to give some current um, terminology and then have a discussion about that and then maybe give different um, ways that we can speak of 
this current terminology. So. Beautiful. I love it. Okay. Listen, Beautiful. I hope you're not frustrated. No. Okay, because you guys came in real prepared. And oh, like, no, this oh, is yeah, great. This, this is, is better. Go. This is, yeah, this is great. And I kind of told her how you guys Aren't are. they fun? They're pretty fun. This is, it's been a good one. Yeah. And Dr. Oh, Sellers, I even said clients, patient, Dr. Sellers, and then yeah, say something. Yeah. <laughs> it says my name on here, and I was like, uh-uh, if he's going to challenge me on it, I'm going to go, like, straight, like, just sobbing because I'm trauma response, you know? Nope, we're good. We're cool. all good. We'll be back right after this. You are listening to We Do Recover with Jared Miller and co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. We'll be right back after this short break with more of We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Brought to you by Sepsi Recovery Center, Rise Up Subs in the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. If you or your loved one is trapped in the cycle of addiction, there is a way out. At Steps Recovery Center in Utah, we believe in second chances and new beginnings. Our evidence-based treatments, compassionate staff, and supportive community guide you on the path to recovery. It is time to reclaim your life. Take the first step towards freedom, resilience, and a brighter tomorrow. Reach out to Steps Recovery Centers today. Recovery starts with you. And at Steps, there is always hope. Call us or visit our website to learn more. We welcome you back to We Do Recover with Jared Miller, co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center, Rise Up Sups in the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. And now with part two of our podcast, Jared Miller and Dr. Terry Sellers. Welcome back, everybody. Episode number 129 is the second part of our uh, 129 podcast. We're here with Tiffany Nakarado and Kayla Jensen, who are from USARA, or USARA, depending on how you pronounce it. Tomato, tomato. Uh, yep. yep, that's where they're from, tomato. Wait, wait, uh, you, you got tomato, tomato's okay. What'd you say, USARA? USARA. 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 But then you say her name wrong and the, all hell breaks loose. <laughs> <laughs> there there is Language a matters. Well, but it's her name, so she gets to tell us how to pronounce it, right? And she's a um, human being before anything. Yes. So. Well, but she's a, right. she's a patient to me. Uh, <laughs> that, that goes right back. Oh, wait, before we do that, I do have to mention that the second segment of our 129th episode is sponsored by the Hilton Garden Inn. The Hilton Garden Inn, which is uh, currently having a seizure on our screen on purpose. <laughs> the Hilton Garden Inn is in Southern Utah. It's in, right here in Saint, sunny St. George, and it's always sunny and bright, the Hilton Garden Inn. If you happen to be traveling through Southern Utah, give them a Google search, Hilton Garden Inn. Give them a shot at your business because you will not regret it. The Hilton Garden Inn is lovely, bright, large. I've recently been emphasizing how big the rooms are because the rooms are really, like, newer hotels these days are making rooms smaller and so smaller. True. Like they're making a bed and a closet and that's all you got. Not here. You got a sitting area, you got a desk, you got a you got a closet, you got a nice large bathroom, you Pool, got a jacuzzi, little mini kitchen. Room. But no Cinnabon. But no, no Cinnabon. Cinnabon. That was last episode. It's a good callback to last <laughs> episode. Okay. Yeah. Last episode, we talked about a study where uh, male testosterone Here levels are highest off, in the mall <laughs> when, when you're closest to Cinnabon. What? That's a true study. That's an absolute study. So uh, let's oh my God. let's let's move on now that we've talked about the Hilton Garden Inn. Hilton Garden Inn smells oh. like Cinnabon all the time, so we're good. Before, uh, can before, I just throw in my two cents real quick? Sure, you can make it a whole nickel if you want. All right, let's do it. Yeah. So the question I asked before: we're talking about language is powerful, right? Language matters. That's kind of the title of episode one twenty nine. I asked you a question: is it okay for somebody to introduce themselves or how would you feel about somebody introducing themselves as a person in long-term recovery, right? Um, in the rooms. And one of the things that I was going to say is I personally don't choose to do that because I want to respect the milieu or the vibe, right? Of, of the place that I'm at. And so I actually loved that both of you said, like, I thought for sure you were going to come at me with like, yes, absolutely. You got to do it. But I love that you were like, no, it's just what you're comfortable with. Because really at the end of the day, that's what's important. Right. Like in my mind. So important. And to respect, again, you know, whatever arena you're in. So like I went to a 12 step the other night and I was fully prepared to introduce myself as a recovering addict, even though I don't technically do that um, on my daily basis. And I was going to do that because I wanted to respect the people around me and the space and everything. And and um, 
And somebody that I don't know that was there, she introduced herself as a person in recovery. And I was like, oh, okay, then I noticed someone else. And I was like, okay, well, then I guess this is the jam of this meeting. So I'm cool to introduce myself while I introduce myself. You know, I'm, I'm, um, good with introducing myself as a person in long-term recovery in all aspects of my life and my kid's life and my um, career, wherever I am on podcasts. But if I go to someone else's space where, and I want to really um, honor what their traditions are, I'm, I, my ego's not up here to say, okay, I can't do that. I you know, it. mm-hmm. it's about what's effective in the setting. Yes. You know what I mean? And so it, you could be going from one meeting or one group or one appointment, anything, one talk and introduce yourself as, you know, different things each time. And it's about what's going to be effective in that arena. Now, psychologically, why is it important for somebody to introduce themselves in the way that well, wait, let, is let me toss on one more thing before yeah, that. Okay. Uh, you also brought up in the first segment, one thing that kind of struck a chord with me, what I call myself might be different than what I call other people on the other hand. So Calling myself a drug addict versus calling someone else a drug addict has different meanings, right? Mm-hmm. I don't look at that as shameful. On the other hand, if I call myself a drug addict long enough, I might call someone else a drug addict, right? Might so, slip out. Right, yeah. mm-hmm. for sure, because that's what I commonly do, right? So it matters where you are. It matters who you're addressing. It matters who you're talking about. But you don't know. I'm more likely to call someone something that might be shameful to them if I call myself something that they consider shameful, or if they look up to you. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to say Nobody. something, but for the sake no, of time, ahead. let's no, let's let's rock I and roll. Twenty minutes. Okay. So again, I what what's the give me kind of the purpose behind it, right? Like, why is it important? Why does language matter? So well, go ahead. it matters to me because once I was able to identify, you know, the things that I was doing, like a person in recovery that you know, I was a mother or that I am a mother, I am not living in my substance use disorder. I can go into different arenas. Like I go into the courtrooms in Salt Lake and I'm able to show up and say, yes, I have been in this courtroom or you do know me. And here I am as a peer in recovery that's here to advocate for these other individuals that are here. And so it matters to me because it gives me an opportunity to show what I'm doing now and not necessarily being held over with my past. Yeah. So, yeah, and it breaks stigma. That's basically what she's saying. Yeah. We get to break stigma um, by using, you know, different words. Um, I also think it's important for you, too, right? Like, I remember clear back when we first started this crazy circus called We Do Recover, uh, Blue Robbins came on with Addict Athlete, and he said that they identify as, like, I'm a champion. Okay. And we asked him why, and he said, because the story you tell yourself about yourself is one of the most important stories you'll ever tell. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Right? And Essentially, that. that's what he said. And I, I rip him off regularly. He knows this in my groups when I talk about this. So it does matter when you say something and you hear yourself say it, you're going to like, right? That's part of the psychology mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just so like affirmations, mm-hmm. right? Affirmations work. And so you could sit in a mirror and say, I am a drug addict, right? Or I'm an alcoholic, or you can say, I'm a person in recovery, in long-term recovery. How does that make you feel? You Which know? reinforces the recovery piece. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Accomplished. The long-term right. recovery, working on a recovery every day. Okay. Mm-hmm. You do you have a direction you're going? Cause I was we can go whatever to, direction you want. Well, yes. before the break, you asked, what do we call <laughs> people we treat? And I, yeah. said, I said, patients. And you said? Client. Okay. Uh-huh. So I don't know if that's where you wanted to go now. Yeah, no, that's great. So that's that. the current, some of the current terminology. And then there's some different terminology that places are using. And one of them is the people in our program. So like you mentioned, you, you said uh, that you call the uh, individuals in your treatment center, that you call them clients. Well, the individuals in your treatment center, right? That was identifying them as the people first and then, you know, where their situation is right now. Um, The folks we work with, the people we serve. So there's some different ways to look at that. And some of the reasoning for that is it's more inclusive and it's less stigmatizing because it's not necessarily saying that I'm a patient, I'm here to get, you know, rehabilitated, but I'm here to work on some of my issues and become a different person. So interesting because if you call someone a patient, which I do, they're sick. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're automatically sick. Mm-hmm. That's who I see. I don't see people that are super healthy. Mm-hmm. I see pe- I see people who are sick, which I call patients. But if I identify them as patients, they may feel like I'm calling them sick. Sick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Interesting. So kind of that same thing when you first hear an addict, what's the first thing you think of? Well, when you first hear a patient, you may think of someone in a hospital gown, yep. actively in the hospital, yep. maybe sick from some illness. And so, if, you know, the people in our program gives a different light to it. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Really good point. Okay. The next one we're going to touch on the homeless. The homeless. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So um, that's the current terminology that we hear all the time. And I'm, I call them um, my unsheltered friends, right? Mm-hmm. Or um, the people who are currently experiencing homelessness or people who are currently unhoused. And the reason being is because that's a temporary... I can't talk. (laughs) A temporary housing situation. It may not necessarily be due to choice or anything like that, but it, you know, maybe. Yeah, it's a condition right now. They may be experiencing it right now, um, but that may not be their future. Well, okay. What do you think? Well, you come back to if you call somebody homeless, like that's apparently the defining characteristic in their life. That's all they are, is they don't have a place to live. Mm -hmm. Like, that's an interesting point. And how many times have we said Like, there's so the many homeless. things about that person that have nothing to do with where he or she lives. They don't have a story, but that story. Right. That's what, yeah. right. And they do have a story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a reason they don't have a place to live right now. Yep. Um, do you want to But it ain't them. <laughs> no. So, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to watch my language. Oh, so, this is... You're learning stuff. <laughs> yeah, I might learn. For sure, stuff. right? I might actually be teachable someday. I was going to say, thanks for being teachable. Well, um, I'm an old dog. I don't learn new <laughs> tricks easily, but I'll, I might Except eventually. golf tricks. Yeah. Golf. Well, I don't learn those easily. I still make the same mistakes at golf, too. Um, so, the next one kind of identifies or goes over current terminology for anyone with a mental health condition. So, instead of saying that person is blank, uh, the example is borderline, uh, identifying and saying she is a person who lives with borderline or she uh, is a person who suffers with borderline personality disorder. And so, you're identifying her or the individual as a person first before their diagnosis because how often, you know, like, oh, they're borderline or whatever. I've been told that when I was in. Uh, different treatments and stuff and I never really got that clinical diagnosis but that was something that held on to me like and I was like oh I must be borderline then you know because and then I googled it or whatever and so I was like oh absolutely but that was really something I held on to and it also gave me an a reason to act out in some situations, you know, and it was like, oh, well, I'm doing this because I'm borderline. You know, it wasn't because I had, you know, some untreated mental health conditions or that I, you know, was suffering with my substance use disorder. It was just strictly because of that, you know, and so just moving away from that of whatever diagnosis you have. This one I can get behind. I have some Me too, actually. We were taught this in med school because we can go around in a hospital saying, the liver cancer in room 18 and the pulmonary embolism in room 16 and the, no, 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 no. That's not who they are. Mm-hmm. Like the patient with liver cancer mm-hmm. in room 18 is acceptable and the liver cancer in room 18 is not acceptable. So that's actually something I learned early in life. Yeah. So I get clients currently in the position I'm in right now. You mean the individuals you serve? Thank you, doctor. (laughs) Thank you for catching me on that. He's good, man. He's good. He's a quick one. I get the people that I serve at the outpatient level. Let me tell you one of of my personal pet peeves. When I pull up their diagnosis and it has amphetamine type use disorder severe, right? And it's got all their SUD disorders. And then it has a grip of mental health disorders. And I'm like, okay, hold on a minute. This person's been off of drugs 30 days, maybe 45, um, and we're convinced that they're bipolar or schizophrenic or like maybe they're showing symptoms of, but until they clear post-acute withdrawal symptoms, those symptoms are going to be very similar to somebody coming off of drugs. I agree. While the brain heals. Does that make sense, Doc? Like, I just hate when we're quick to jump into mental health diagnosis, especially when they're baby super early in the the treatment process and the recovery process. 
I 100% agree because I went and got a assessment done and, you know, the diagnosis and all that. And I was using and so I went in there and I was erratic and I was, you know, like not making sense. And so all those diagnoses were, you know, like maybe at that time I was showing symptoms or displayed symptoms or like talked about it. But then what about after I was in recovery, you know, after I after the post-acute withdrawal symptoms and all that, you know, where was that diagnosis? And and sometimes, and sometimes they still might be. Yes, but exactly. But let's hold off and just use the terminology showing symptoms of before we slap a diagnosis on mm-hmm. it. Right? That is a great language change. I yes. feel like we need to add that on here. Well, That's it. amazing. You got to give me credit though. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Jared Miller. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you credit. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Like, first of all, I get patients come in with the, that say they have borderline personality disorder, right? And then they asked me, do you agree with that? I'm like, I met you five minutes ago. I couldn't agree with anything. (laughs) Like, I don't know anything about you at all. So I for sure would not give you a diagnosis right now. I mean, but on the other hand, sometimes the patients or the individuals that I serve. uh, (laughs) Good catch. Will actually want a diagnosis, which is, but I I am usually quick to say I'm not going to make any new diagnoses in the next few weeks, maybe. And yeah, I always, I always have a rule. Whenever they ask, I say, "I'll tell you what your diagnosis is." You're a human being having yes, a human experience. Yes, I just yeah. can say that. Thank yes, you. Yes, yes. Yeah, I always, I do tell them that because I do think I do love some of the stuff because I think we can get caught up in this like thought of I'm always going to be. I'm this in love way. with you all of a sudden. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Which part? I love that. Me hold, touching you. your leg no, underneath no, the table no. or what? <laughs> oh um, my god. Yeah, I think sometimes we can get caught up in this, like, have you ever met somebody that has a legitimate chronic illness condition? Yes. And all they ever talk about is their chronic illness. It's like it, it's become part of their, it's their whole identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I really, I'm, I can get behind you guys. I'm taking up way too much time, but I can get behind you guys on the whole, like, let's try to relieve some of that and just remind them, like, you're human and you're going through a human experience, you know? Well, because somebody might be a person with um, bipolar, but they are also many other things. That's just what we're getting at. You know, you're yeah. not just that one yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Just like we're a mom, but we're many other things. We're yeah. a person in long-term recovery and a whole bunch of other things. Yeah. So, Thank you. Okay, here Thank we go. You. Yeah, go. Here we go. The, <laughs> the substance use um, disorder recovery positive vocabulary list is... We have substance abuse. Yes, we do. What's is another the current? Word? Yes, the current yep. terminology. What's something else that we might be able to use? People who use substances despite negative consequences. Okay. That's great. That was yeah, great. That was great. <laughs> that was good. What do you think, Doc? You're like a few <laughs> words. Like I <laughs> got bored about halfway through oh that diagnosis, but it was interesting. Okay. Well, there's yeah. substance, just like substance, use, substance disorder, use disorder, right? right? For sure. Um, I know that when I... Um, but again, you, people look at the word disorder. Yeah. Right? And a person, no, a person. But it is right. Mm-hmm. And when I hear the word abuse, that is something, you know, I think of... The first thing I think of, you know, is something negative, something that's like... Well, you're getting abused. Maybe you're getting hit. Maybe you're getting physically, um, mentally, emotionally abused. But this is, you know, the substance use disorder. I am suffering with a disorder, you know, and now I'm able to manage that disorder and I'm in this maintenance phase of it, you know, but that's not, you know, I'm didn't, I'm not that substance abuser, you know? Yeah. And also that, um, usually abuse, you don't get, if you're, if you're the abuser, you don't tend to get the help and Mm. treatment that you need and with disorder, right? It can fall into um, the, yeah, I need some help here. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. So um, drug of choice, drug of abuse. I've been asked multiple times, what was your drug of choice? Your DOC, yeah, your et cetera. DOC. I'm like, what day, what time of the year, how desperate was I? So something else we can say is um, drug of use, because it just depends when. And also, I know for my, my own lived experience, whatever was right in front of me, I mean, to an extent, right, that I would have used it. I might have had a preference. So that brings up a question. First of all, uh, a comment. My name is DOC. People call me Doc (laughs) all the time. (laughs) But if I ask somebody their drug of use Mm -hmm. and they are a polysubstance user, Mm -hmm. 
I'm, I really do kind of want to know which is the one. If I laid out a table full of stuff and told you you could only have one, which one would you use? Your preferred drug abuse. Did you, there you know go. that's exactly? There you go, right there. Yeah. Beautiful answer. The pre- your Great preference, answer. you know? <laughs> Love that answer. Did you know that's exactly how I asked that question on the, the biopsychosocial assessment? What? Literally just how you said it. What? I said if I had if I to go through the chemical full, abuse, yeah. age of first use, last time used, method of use, right? And then the very next part is, right, list them in order based on DOC, drug of choices. They're saying we need to kind of change that language. Preferred I literally drug say, of use, excuse me. I literally say, if I had all of those chemicals that we just talked about on the table in front of us, right, which, the, which one's the first one you're going to want to pick up? And you just said it like that. That's crazy. Yeah. Sorry, I'm. Well, that's because I do the same thing. Do you? Yeah, I do the same thing. Look you at us, dude. But I, I know. You're twinners. Great minds think alike. I don't want to know which you one. You guys are twinners. Well, we're not exactly twins. I'm fat and he's cut. Um, <laughs> uh, I know that's negative language about myself. Stop it. Uh, yeah, I, I always ask them if you could only use one. Not which one would you use first, but if you could only use one, which one would it be? But I like preferred drug of use. I can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Or problematic substances, too, is another one. You know, when we coach people, Beautiful. we usually go you know, ask what problematic substances or challenges you've had with substances. Yeah. Okay. Challenging you know? substances, okay. anything yeah. like that. Yeah. All right. Keep going. Okay. Pick two, Kayla, off um, this list. So one for me is relapse prevention. Mm. That's the current terminology. Okay. And I want to, well, what I use is recovery management. How am I going to manage my recovery, not prevent my relapse? Because that's like, oh, I got to be on yep. my toes now all the time. on the relapse. How am I going to fill my cup? How am I going to, you know, live a life of recovery? What pathway is that going to look at? And so it's just, you know, a different perspective that can really take it a long way. Yeah. And the relapse prevention, for me, at least it was like, Okay, set up for fear. I yep, have to be scared. Yep, I'm going. This yep. is going to happen, right? Yeah, this, yeah. Recovery management is like I just get to be. I just get to be today and and um, enjoy my life. And okay, make it I'm gonna, up. I'm I gonna, like that. I'm going to disagree on this one. Okay, oh, but I love it. Okay, now let me. Now here's my here's my thing. Right, I went to a seminar and it had a bunch of people presenting. And the very last guy, who's the keynote speaker. Like everybody had their PowerPoints and was doing all this tech stuff, you know, and, and the keynote speaker was the very last guy and he stands up and he's got no material. And he literally says, no, no disrespect or offense to anybody that went before me, but you guys are making this way too hard. And the room goes silent. And he said, it boils down to three things. For any behavior change, it's three things. You got to be aware of it. Yeah. You got to admit that you do it and you have to try something different. Right. And that's mind blowing. And so I guess when I, when I think of relapse prevention therapy, it's the awareness piece. And so I get like recovery maintenance, like you're looking forward and you're doing these things, but you also do need to be aware of like people, places and things that can lead back to, right. So obviously you want to be proactive. You want to get out, you want to go to the gym, you want to eat healthy, you want to be, have social connection, you want to have spiritual connection, but you also do need to have that awareness. I'm, I'm going to take their side on this. Okay. I think it can all be incorporated together. That you yeah, don't that you don't still do the same things. You might just term your terminology might be slightly different. Yeah. You just Recovery that. management is relapse prevention. Without emphasis on the relapse, it's more the emphasis on the recovery. How am I going to continue my recovery? Yep. But With I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, you got to okay. you know be aware it's of the, the things that thing. may okay. cause emotional drivers or anything like that, or may cause some harm. So just being aware of that. But then, how can we look at it in a different light? That's still going to manage my recovery instead of just like, oh, I have a hundred triggers, a hundred cravings. Okay, well, what are a hundred things that bring me joy? You know, so it's the same concept. Yeah. We're just we're just, just a painting bit. a different picture. Yeah, exactly. recovery management can still be can still include halt. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, okay. which is a real thing, right? For sure. Um, and then the next one is relapse. Oh, um, you're gonna pick this one. Pick that one. Okay. On, let's, okay. Let's, so let's push Doctor yeah, Seller. Definitely. So this last yes. one is clean and sober. That's yes. the current terminology. So yes. we talked about some of them for preferred terminology. A person in recovery from a substance use disorder, a person in long-term recovery. And here's my reasoning why. It's when I get told, oh, you have 90 days clean, that means I was dirty before. Yep. And so, but what that means that I was dirty, that, that what I was doing was dirty. I may be testing positive for a substance that I was using, but does that mean that I was a dirty person? Okay. Ooh. I can see how people could take that. 
you know, and again, clearly I don't take it that way. Right? Yeah. But, but that's the great could. thing. Yeah. And it's just a personal choice. And so right. there may be things that I have done in my past that, you know, like maybe I are questionable. Right. But then also being, you know, told that I was dirty versus clean. Well, you know, yeah, maybe there were days that I wasn't able to shower and I wasn't able to take care of myself, but that wasn't necessarily a choice. That was just a situation that I was, you know, that I've that was at hand. But now I'm able to recognize, you know, but that it's also to say, you know, it's effective in different settings. Going into a different type of meeting, any of the 12-step meetings, it may be appropriate to identify and you may be comfortable with saying, I have 90 days clean and sober. And heck yeah, I almost swore on here. But like, that's you awesome. You can swear on here. You know what I mean? Your Sean idea. will mark it down and edit it out <laughs> later. Oh, more work for me. Don't swear. <laughs> so you know what I mean? Like, it's definitely personal preference and oh. personal choice, but it's just a different way to look at it and that's something that I'm choosing as a person in long-term recovery to say that you know I'm not focusing on clean and sober days I'm focusing on my recovery and my sobriety Hmm. I've been 21 years free of all mind-altering substances heck yeah you know that Uh, we have a minute left (gasps) hit us with a Something oh my God. you want to quote? We'll skip or, all or, these. We do have I a feel quote. Like we, We're gonna leave we, them for you. Yeah, we need a quote. Okay, we have one more quote. We need a quote. So it says, "I love the first quote." Our call to action: If you have found recovery, consider giving the community your story as an instrument of hope and healing. If you have been blessed by resources that have helped you find and sustain recovery, then join the fight to expand resources for those still stu- still suffering. William White. I was going to say, Beautiful. I've been thinking of this, and I appreciate you guys coming on. I'm going to leave some time for Doc, but I don't need time. one of the things that that I, as a host, really appreciate is when we have guests that come on and they share their story, we have two 25-minute segments, and you, would be, you wouldn't be surprised. People have a hard time finishing the last 25 minutes about their life in recovery because oftentimes we focus so much on the negative stuff. So I do appreciate this. Oh, thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah. for sure. This we'll is awesome. Thank leave you. So you can go. Yeah, yeah thanks, definitely. Thanks for being here. That was outstanding. We were prepared thank for something for, for you. Thank open. you for joining yeah. us today on We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Help us spread our message of hope. Like, comment, and share. If you have any topics or ideas for future shows, please share that on our Facebook page. That Facebook page is We Do Recover with Jared Miller. If you or a loved one needs help, please reach out to us. Again, thank you for listening. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center, Rise Up Subs, and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of its sponsors. This has been a production from A Podcast Studio.